Welcome to Envision from the United Way of Greater Charlottesville and News Radio 98.9-1070 AM WINA. Price Time is here in the studio riding solo, coming to you from downtown Charlottesville. I want to thank our sponsor, Carter Myers Automotive, and I do owe my boss, Robert Respetto, a birthday shout-out today as I think her, you know, 10th, 20th birthday or, or something like that. But... Back to work. We are joined in the studio today, and she's laughing at me because she already told me I'm going to butcher her name, but I'm going to get as close as possible. Dr. Cynthia Konku. She laughed. It wasn't great, but we'll do better next time. And um, so uh, uh, she is currently, as she told me last night, she's a full-time entrepreneur uh, with her store, Cameroonian brand that she created, which specializes in the creation of organic hair products designed according to your hair porosity, which... Was, was a word that I, I didn't know. So here's what we need to do, because you have an incredibly interesting story, and I don't want to waste anyone's time with more of my voice. So get us started. Thanks for joining us. And tell us a little bit about you. Okay. So I am Dr. Cynthia Concu. Yeah, that was way better than how I, <laughs> how I did it. Yeah. So I'm a mom. I always like to introduce myself first by saying that I'm a mom, because it's like a full-time job, I, you know, never preach, ends. Preach. <laughs> Um, I'm a scientist, so I studied um, biomedical sciences. I graduated in Belgium two years ago, and right after graduating, I got a job at UVA. Mm. That's why I actually moved here to Charlottesville. Gotcha. And as you said, I am the owner of Gangster, Mm -hmm. which is an organic and handmade hair care brand geared towards people struggling with dry, dull, or brittle hair, Mm. whether you have relaxed or natural slash um, wavy hair. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm um, talking first of all as as a as a mom. I'm not a mom, but I'm a dad. Um, how many how many kids do you have? A baby you know boy. Man? Baby boy. Yeah, he he's two and a half. Oh, so you're very much in the thick mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I see. I I get that. My my daughter's about a year and a half. So I uh, I we are equally tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about you as a scientist first, and then move to you as an entrepreneur because it it's you know it. It's not like you were like, well, I did a couple of things and then I started my own business. It's like you were a heavy scientist, right? And and what what I could find from the internet, you know, postdoc research PhD, like real scientist, not like oh, I dabbled in science and then bailed. You were deep in it. So talk to me a little bit. I want to I want to know two things. I want to know one sort of about your interest in science from the beginning, but then also, you know, you were in deep. What brought you to the point where you were like, I'm going to be a full time entrepreneur and I'm going to okay. do my own thing. Well, so I was born in Cameroon, Mm -hmm. you know, I left home, I was 15 and a half, I went to Belgium Mm -hmm. to study because I had some cousin who were living there, so my parents thought it was the best place, you know, for me to be there. And honestly, actually, I started with medical school, I Mm -hmm. didn't know anything about research, so I thought that I wanted to be um, a medical doctor at first, but after first year, I realized that I actually don't like um, being around patients. I like the studies and Mm -hmm. everything, but I didn't like the environment, working in a hospital and seeing all those sad Sure. Yeah, that'll take a toll on you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what is the closest things to medicine that doesn't involve being with patients? Sure. And (laughs) that's why actually that led me to the research. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's how I started. So I did biomedical sciences. And the thing is, I wanted to work in a lab. And most of the time you need a PhD to be able to work in a lab. That's why I actually did a PhD. Um, But honestly, my last year of um, university, so my fifth year, second year of master's, um, the specialization that I wanted to do was cosmetics. Ah, Honestly, I wanted to do that. But I got at that point, I got accepted at UCLA Mm -hmm. to do my last year. 
And I had to pay for that trip and everything sure. to finance all that. Sure. So I actually had to have multiple jobs. Sure. So I was like, I'm not going to go and do cosmetics. I don't know anything about cosmetics. It might be too difficult for me. So let's go back to researching what I know. Uh-huh. So I did a different specialty. Interesting. Um, but cosmetics was still in my heart, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, long story short, I did my PhD. Uh, it was super fun. I really liked it. But when I was doing my PhD, actually, to be totally honest with you, I wasn't really embracing my natural hair. So I was wearing wigs all the really? time. Yeah. So I started my PhD. I had a scholarship. I had money. And I'm from that tribe in Cameroon called Bamineke. Okay. And Bamineke are known to be business people. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. We like business. Okay. okay. So I had scholarship. I was like, I have some money. I'm not going to put my money in the bank. Sure. I need a side hustle. Interesting. So I was like, girl, what is that side hustle? <laughs> I didn't like my natural hair back then. Let's be honest here. So I was wearing wigs. I was like, okay, I'm wearing wigs. I know a wholesaler that I can, you know, from where I can get the wigs. I just started a wig business. This is how I started, hmm. actually. And that's at UCLA? No. So the, after UCLA, I was doing my PhD. I came back from UCLA a year later, okay. and then I started my PhD still in Belgium. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so this is how I started selling wigs. I created a Facebook page. It was yeah. so raw. So the, the, Everything is still on the internet. I it's tough to look back at your old stuff, isn't it? And you're just like, oh, and the internet keeps receipts. That's the worst part. You're I didn't delete like, oh, it. I man. want it at some point, but I'm like, no, it reminds me where I came from. Sure, sure. You know? Yeah. The struggle is real. That's true. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I was selling my wigs, doing my things. And I remember that YouTube video that I made once where I, w- I did my first hair YouTube video. And I was like, no, people, I'm telling you, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not a hair YouTuber. <laughs> Don't even expect me to post hair videos here. Yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. Kangstar. And I call it Kangstar because my last name is Konku. Yep. My friends used to call me Kangs. So okay. I was like, Kangstar is a store where I'm selling wigs. It's not a YouTube channel. <laughs> anyway. So, but what happened is that at some point I had to question myself and I was like, Cynthia, why is that that you're always wearing wigs? Mm. And I realized that actually I didn't really embrace my hair. The only, for a long time I had relaxed hair, mm-hmm. you know, I big chopped. I went from relaxed to natural because I wanted to see my hair curly. Yeah. And I was obsessed with curly hair and sure. a specific type of curls. And back then I was using gels and those gels will leave my hair super crunchy, yeah. it you. And give me flakes. And I wasn't happy with that. Mm. So I was like, yeah. So I'm never wearing my hair natural because of those gels. And I was like, man, I'm... So another story is that by many kids, people are frugal. Okay, frugal business people. Frugal. Okay, okay, yeah. I like that. And I was like, I had like a hundred products in my bathroom. I'm like, I'm wasting so much money mm. buying all those products. Man, how do you actually formulate the <laughs> hair product? So that's how we started. I was like, okay, how do you formulate the cream? I need to know how to formulate the cream. So I, I I have to ask, and as a and first, I need to say a big thanks to our our sponsor, Carter Myers Automotive, friend of the program. I want to ask as a as a as a father, as I've got sisters, um, you know, this whole there's a whole kind of world around hair and black people's hair, and especially women's hair. That's that's you know to a lot of people like a mystery, and people are touching your head, and it's all kind of like weird stuff. What about your hair? Didn't you like like what? And was it strictly? I mean, you're a scientist, right? Was it was it really just a scientific thing? Was like I don't like how it feels, or was there that sort of cultural element of, you know? Let's be honest, and I think it's a conversation that we'll have to start at some point. It's like like a representation. Mm. Like I grew up, I never saw people with Afro, natural, right? Let's sure. be honest, you know. So my mom used to relax my hair at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So the standards was to have straight hair, you know. That's but right. even 
I liked actually curly hair. I like the big curls, sure. you know, the what we call beautiful, and I'm putting it into brackets, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. what we what the society calls beautiful curls, yeah. you know. Sure. And I had that big afro yeah. that you know I wasn't seeing anybody with, so. I think that that brainwashed where you spend so many years mm. seeing what other people call beauty. Yep. And you don't feel beautiful. And I have to be honest here because I had that wig. I remember that big curly wig I called Daryl. And whenever you will invite me to a big party or something, I'll be like, mm, I'm going to rock that <laughs> wig. I felt Turn beautiful up. That's only right. when I was wearing that one. You see how the struggle is real? Interesting. And um, it's only when I started to actually start to know a little bit more about, I don't know if you're familiar with what is called pan-Africanism. It's sure. those society where we're talking about great, like black excellence. I started attending those meetings and everything. And the girls there were wearing their hair natural. Mm-hmm. So I would have been the outsider coming there with a wig. Sure. So I started, you know, very gradually to wear my hair natural. And I started to embrace who I was, you know, uh-huh. look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, girl, you right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a time. That's interesting. So as, as part of, is, is that representation? So there's a business side to business and there always is, right? And then you're talking about sort of frugality and, and intelligence there. Do you, do you feel responsible partially for some of that representation to say, look, there's a whole way and, and i remember and this is a weird story but i remember rihanna talking about this with her fenty stuff of like there's no colors that are mine right like n- none of this is my shade is there a part of that where you can see people and you're kind of like look like this is you like this is this is how you know you can rock with what you're what you're born with and sort of the for, like you said to look beautiful to feel beautiful to be confident yeah exactly you know my social media that's something that i try to bring up all the time it's like all hair is beautiful mm. like i have this whole commercial about all hair is beautiful girl with short hair girl well you know like very very like your hairstyle right sure. now you know and that's the message like i want us to look at yourself and to be like i am pretty naturally mm-hmm. i don't have to do this to be more prettier more pretty you know and and that's the thing, especially when we're raising young girls. Mm. Imagine raising your daughter and saying your hair looks nice, but she never see get to see your <laughs> real hair. And then she's like, "Mom, okay, I'm beautiful, but why aren't you actually wearing your mm. hair if you are beautiful?" You know. And I don't know if you've watched that video of those little black girl where you bring two dolls and you say there is the black doll and the white doll, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What do you like the most?" And they were all picking up the white doll. Mm and saying, well, the black doll is not pretty. Hmm. So I feel like the struggle is real and it's a real conversation at some point we're going to have to face. I'm not criticizing anybody. That's why all my pictures with my wigs and all that are still on social media. I I still post that so that people know that. Um, It's not because I'm telling girls that embrace your natural hair, that it means that I'm saying that something else is not good, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. The the thing is, I just want us to feel proud of who we are, Mm. just the way you are. Because honestly, when you're wearing a wig, it's not easy because, you know, you're scared that somebody might take it off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> the, um, so is there a, um, and, and as someone who is who is doing his level best to raise a young girl, I mean, does that, it? 
what is what can you know when we kind of think about representation right what where is the onus is it on the media is it on companies like yours is it on the individuals the parents when we think about you know all of the things we're balancing like you said and, and as someone with a young kid it's like you want them to be happy but you also want them to be an individual and you want them to fit in but you want them to stand out at the same time i mean how do you yeah. balance all of those things in kind of like a very complicated cultural scenario it's sort of like you said that like look i want you to be you with the understanding that like being you might be harder early than being one of the one of the crowd right i think it start home you know because the thing is the world is just the way it is you're not Mm. going to change people outside you know you're Mm -hmm. not going to change it it, we have to set somehow the standards at home Mm -hmm. make her feel powerful like keep on reminding her that you are a queen you are pretty Mm. you are you are you are you know, so that even when she goes out and everybody's different, sure. she still knows that, well, I want to look like my mommy. <laughs> and, you know, I think it has to start at home. Yeah. The um, Again, you're listening to Envision from the United Way of Greater Charlottesville News Radio 989-1070-AM-WINA. Big thanks to Carter Myers Automotive. Price Thomas with, I'm not going to butcher your name again, I'm going to make you say it. <laughs> Cynthia Colker. That was so, so much better. If you guys are just tuning in, you missed me, embarrassed myself early, but we are back on the right track. So here's what I do want to talk about. <clears throat> when did you realize in your business that you were going to make it? that that was going to be your sole focus, right? Because it seems like in the timeline of things you were doing both for a while, it was a side hustle. When does side hustle become main hustle? When I realized that it burned out. So huh. what happened is that, okay, some of, as I was saying, I'm a mom, right? Um, I had to wake up at four every morning, mm-hmm. work on my business till 6.30, then bring my baby to daycare, go to work, come back at five, play a little bit with my baby till eight, and then work on my business till 11, 12. <laughs> and you eat know. in between at some point and take a deep <sighs> breath once or twice. <laughs> so it was just too much, you know. And the other thing is that I realized that to reach certain goals, you have to be focused. Mm. So I realized that, no, okay, it's just impossible for you to be, you know, doing all that. Something has to go out. Either it's my child who's going out and he's not going out. (laughs) Sure, absolutely, absolutely. You know, that's where I realized that, okay, it's about time. And I have to admit that I was scared. You know, I was scared because you're like, it means that you have to provide, Mm -hmm. you know? It it was just a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have some savings. Okay, let's just do it. Hmm. The, um... We talked about this a little bit last week with Ravi and Janelle, and they were sitting here, and both moms, both, you know, just like super badass women, as are you. Uh, what, how do you, I, again, when we sort of talk about the socialization of young women, it's all, it's typically, or at least to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, very family focused, very, you know what the most important thing is, it's to be a mom, right? And that's the most important thing. So I want to hear from you how you balance it. Like, I can do both. I can be an entrepreneur and I can raise my kid, and I don't have to choose, right? It's, you're not going to like make me pick one or the other because I want to do both and I can do both. I don't have to sort of fit into this, like, you know, carve it, off one to do the other. It's so funny that you're bringing that up because I was having that same conversation again this weekend. And honestly, this weekend was tough. I was like, it's it's really tough to do that thing. It, it, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, do you want to send him over mm-hmm. so I can take care of him, you know? And I was like, no, mm. I want to be his mom. There is no way that if I have to lose something, I'm losing gangster. Sure. You know, I'm not losing my baby. Um, but the thing is, you have to be so, you have to get rid of all the superficial things. Mm. 
So because if you really wanted to be dedicated to being a mom and being an entrepreneur, because being an entrepreneur is yeah. everyday hustle, struggle, <laughs> right. you know. That's right. I have to get rid of all the superficial things and I have to be focused. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for distraction. Right. Like I know what I'm doing. Like every day I have a schedule and you have just to stick to the plan, mm-hmm. you know, because it requires so much time. And little kids, it requires so much effort and time and dedication. Sure. So <laughs> you can do it. I'm totally like I'm now 100% confident that you can achieve whatever you want. Uh-huh. You're your only limit, but you have to know that you have to prioritize prioritize sure. yeah sure <laughs> and decide what is very what is the most important things and put things together yeah. for it to happen so i know that for instance me as a mom i have to invest in nannies for sure. instance sure, sure, you sure, know sure. so that yeah. you know i can be doing what i'm doing at kingstar and all that and still have him around you yeah. know um so yeah just have to choose what is the most important things that you you know you have to do and then yeah yeah what was you've you've mentioned it, it it reads to me like this was uh yeah I mean you're obviously extremely bright and had a good idea but there's a I think an aspect that a lot of people miss about you know sort of the success in a business and in a young business is like you said it's 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 the hustle it's you got to get in and and do it can you talk a little bit about that especially um you know for for a lot of folks Charles was a, a familiar town for a lot of people a lot of us either went to EVA or grew up here or have sort of been back and forth you've got a slightly more diverse experience and, and are not really rooted here in the same way. So can you talk a little bit about either whether that's been a struggle or has sort of helped you kind of think a little differently as you're building this business, as you're making connections, as you're kind of figuring out what the next steps are? Mm. So I think that every day is a struggle, sure. you know, <laughs> let's be honest here. But the good thing is that when you decide to go through that journey, you have to have a power, like your mindset has to be, hmm. you need to have a powerful mindset. Mm. So what, how I see things is that when things fail, I don't see failure. Mm-hmm. I actually think about what is going to be my plan B. And mm-hmm. up till now, actually, all the things that actually did fail ended up leading to sure. breakthroughs. Sure, sure, sure. You know? So when I started a business, for instance, I was mostly online. I had no idea about all those farmers market. Yeah, you know? yeah, and the okay. online sales were kind of okay-ish. I was doing good in Europe. But in the States, not really good. Interesting. And so I was like, man, what is not working, actually? And then I started talking to other entrepreneurs and talk, I talked to a hired, actually, a marketer. Mm-hmm. And then the marketer said, maybe you should start doing farmer's market, hmm. you know? So I started with one farmer's market. And I'm like, wow, it's working. <laughs> and then second farmer's market, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then, so right now, we're doing like six farmer's market. We're going to be, to, to be doing 10 farmer's market pretty soon. Wow. So... And then I realized, oh, yeah, there is actually room to grow and to improve. And, you know, and now those farmers market actually were able to generate enough um, revenue for me to invest in um, e-commerce and, Uh you know, advertise better on my online store, do a commercial, hire a web designer and all that. But, you know, I started I started. I designed a website myself. Sure. I did everything myself because I didn't have the money, you know. Right, right. So you just got to do with the means that you have, but mm. just keep on pushing. Yeah. You know, you're going to fail. That's for sure. You're going to have, you're going to be disappointed at some point. But the thing is you have to use that and think about a better plan. Come up with a better plan. Huh. That's what I'm trying to say. What um? What's next for the business? What's the next, the uh, kind of the, the next piece of the puzzle there? Um, well, I think... I think that I would like to cover most of the markets here in Virginia and wow. go to Maryland and D.C. Wow. You know. And is it just you? 
Well, no, no, no. I have a team okay. with, yeah, with, with amazing <laughs> women, amazing women working with me That's now. awesome. Is it all women? Well, yeah. Sales, yes. Yeah. Um, manufacturing, male. Sure. But sales, yes. Mostly, That's great. Mostly women. That's yeah. awesome. Um, the next, like the long-term, long-term goal is when Kingstar has enough millions to invest, in, in, to invest in research. Yeah. Uh, I really want to study uh, to study um, diseases that are related to our community, like scalp issues, for instance, ah. alopecia. Why is that that black women have fibroids? Things like that. But it requires ah. so much money. So I want to do that kind of research and understand, you know, why? Because those kind of diseases are not really studied right now. I'm, I'm talking about huh. uh, fundamental research. Sure. Um, so that's what I want to do. So you want to bring this all all back back to the roots, back to the. Back to the science and back to the research. Well, st- I'm still going to be doing gangster. Sure. Not, because anyway, to do research, you need money. So sure. gangster has to generate some money and then that's I'm doing, putting it back in research and everything. But yeah. That's, that is uh, that is is true. Um, you need money to do basically everything nowadays. Yes. Um, I got one more question for you and then we'll, we'll let you go. Um, and we're going we're gonna to have to have you back because I only made it through like an eighth of this list. But thinking about uh, particularly women entrepreneurs, and, uh, you cover some interesting ground from my point of view too because i mean entrepreneur international experience scientist right and when we think about it, i think the tough part and is that when we think about again I'm, I'm back on the socialization thing of young women we don't socialize them in those areas we don't say you're gonna go be a phd scientist and then you're gonna start your own business right we're like oh you're gonna do other stuff that's more quote-unquote feminine he said with air quotes um so so what i mean what advice do you have for again when we think about these young women and these young girls were thinking about what am I interested in and what am I interested in? Not, it, not what am I supposed to be interested in? Right. But what do I, what am I really interested in? How would you sort of nudge them to say, look, you can go do that. You can go try that. Right. You can go kind of work in these spaces and move in these, these spaces because why not? Mm, well, I think I started at a very young age, like at home, like exactly as we were saying, what are the standards that you're actually setting at home? For mm. instance, my son, I remember when I bought him a play kitchen. People mm-hmm. say he is a he is <laughs> right. a boy. Why is he using a play sure. kitchen? It's the same with your daughter. You right. know what are you talking about? Like when you're at home, like w- when you're asking her, what do you think that you're going to do when you grow up? Are you already telling her? Mm, do you think that you're going to do this? You know, are you already <laughs> yeah. pushing towards something? Sure. Let sure. me be honest. Like I grew up in Cameroon. In Cameroon, you're either a medical doctor. But my daddy was different because he's Dominican. He has his own business, so okay. he all he, he you know he's okay with you being an entrepreneur. Sure. But most of the parents will be like, the path is already they already seeing the direction that they want to send you to. And other yeah. folks from your hometown who you yeah. just picked out, you're like doctor, like you exactly. just exactly they're right you're in going that track. To be a lawyer, a doctor, <laughs> or in, an engineer. Really, that's it. You know, uh, but I was lucky enough to have a dad who is like. He's also an entrepreneur, sure. you know, so he's like, he's been with a kid and, you know, he's yeah, a business yeah, sure. and all that. So he's like, do girl, anyway, after the PhD, just do whatever you want. Yeah, even wh- if you want to be yeah, a well, Once you've got a PhD, you're pretty, <laughs> I think you've covered enough ground academically. There. Yeah. After yeah. the PhD, she says. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Look, uh, big thanks for coming down. We really appreciate it. Um, we're going to stay, stay close because we're going to have you back. So don't, don't flee anytime, anytime soon. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cardamars Automotive. If you have ideas for the show, want to get in touch with us, mostly Ravi, check out on social media on all platforms at United Way Seville. Drop us a note at envision at unitedwayseville.org. If you want to keep up with who? Dr. Cynthia Conque. <laughs> God, I'd love that. 
Make sure you follow her on Instagram, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Conks underscore store, K-A-N-K-S underscore store. And also check her out online, K-A-N-K-S dash store dot com. For the absent Robbie Respeto celebrating her birthday, this is Price Thomas. We will see you next week.